Welcome to the Sub School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, in preparation for Sabbath, November 14th, we look at Lesson 7, Worship and Education. Join us as we explore how God is worthy of our worship, even in the midst of learning. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, uh, welcome back, and here we are with Lesson 7, Worship and Education. And our memory text comes from 1 Chronicles 16, verse 29. We're going to look at this a little bit more detail here coming up. It says, Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Yeah, I love this text. Uh, Just a reminder that everything that we do ultimately uh, through worship, it's it's focused, it's centered upon uh, God, the beauty of holiness. And um, using our minds is an act of worship. Amen. Our lives, everything, right? Giving it back to Him. Everything. All right, so this brings us to Sunday's lesson. We all worship something, right? Ooh. <laughs> so uh, what's, what's this sharing with us? Well, I, I think really it's uh, getting into the idea that um, our whole uh, way of life and what we do, um, like you were just talking about, our whole aspect of our beings matters. And um, here we have a focus on the story of uh, Daniel and his friends who are basically taken off to Babylon mm-hmm. and they're challenged uh, in their faith. Uh, and will they act on principle? Will they continue to follow or will they take the easy uh, road out? And so oftentimes uh, our priorities, uh, how we worship, all of those things are not usually on the on the grand scale. It's usually takes place through the small little acts every day of our lives. and. Um, and this is the, the crux, right? You know, it Daniel is. and his friends, what, what food are they going to eat? Uh, eventually, eventually going through the whole Babylonian educational system. And uh, they s- decide to stand on principle. And based on that, they come out at the end, they're examined, and they're wiser than all of the other magicians and all the rest. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's very true. And I love how this, this also ties it in with... Uh bowing down you know to, mm-hmm. to that to that statue right what, right. what are you going to do yeah yeah <laughs> and you know we, we we have to make the decision what mm-hmm. are we going to worship yeah and who we're going to worship and i think most often it's through our time or our money if we really just are thinking about um our lives uh how uh what kind of uh decisions are we making um and sometimes it comes down to life or death decisions like daniel and or, you know his three friends rather um, there before the image on the plain of Dura, um, you know, all all of these stories are kind of tied together at the they beginning are. of Daniel, and they're all making the same point that um, how we live out, we have to make decisions, and those decisions really uh, have an outcome in terms of determining uh, who we're worshiping. You know, I, I think the other correlation there is even when, and I'm not I'm not making this political, but even when government is telling you to do something, Ooh, yeah. God's commands yeah. supersede what man says. Yeah. Well, in light of the recent election, I mean, how can we not? Um, again, we're not here to talk about politics, but I do think to the extent that faith should inform our politics. Absolutely. Um, not the other way around. Yeah. And yeah. I'm afraid that for many. And, and, and transform our, yeah. our politics. Transform. Right? Yeah. yeah. Transformational. 
uh, incarnational how we view the world. And, um, you know, one of, one of my friends posted a, a sign, a picture in his yard, Jesus 2020. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, I'm just so I'll tired of it. all the, the partisan uh, politics going on. And it's not to say that I don't even have my own personal views of that. And I feel strongly about those. But but more than that, um, faith must supersede all of this that happens here on earth. Yeah. And I, I think we can honestly say this, which is whoever is elected, yeah. we're still going to serve the Lord. And we're yeah, still going to pray for who's, whoever is in leadership. Yeah. Uh, because that's what God has called us to do. Yeah, the sun still rose and yes. set after you know the election, and <laughs> and I know it's still in the process of working out all of the details of that. Uh, but yet, God is still in control, and um, I'm going to live as a citizen of the heavenly kingdom first and foremost. You know, I I just have to throw this in there. Yeah. If Jesus is on the cross saying, "Father, forgive them; they don't know mm -hmm. what they're doing." Yeah. He's forgiving people that are actively involved in crucifying him. Yeah. How dare we not forgive our brothers and sisters who are on the other side of us politically? Ooh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and we have to think about who we're going to be with in heaven. Uh, yeah. And and there's going to be people from different nations, from uh, forget just political parties. Uh, opposite countries that have been at war yes uh, with one war, another right? yeah and and we're gonna have to look and say hey um before uh jesus christ you know who has created us and redeemed us has given us two reasons why we should uh, give all people here on earth respect mm. you know uh this uh really directly ties us into monday's lesson yeah which is entitled and declare them to your uh and declare them to their children mm -hmm. And it's actually talking about Psalm 78, which uh -huh. is a psalm that's written by Asaph, mm. uh, and who's one of the chief chief musicians. Uh -huh. And I'm just going to highlight here. It's, it's 78, uh, 1 through 17. I'm going to uh, read 4, 10, and, and verse 17. Uh, verse 4 says, We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come, the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Verse 10, they did not keep the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. This is the children of Israel. Uh, they're recognizing, right? Mm -hmm. They're recognizing things that have uh, gone wrong. But listen to this, verse 17. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And so you see here an education that's taking place by saying, mm -hmm. look at your history mm -hmm. and now apply the history to what's going on now, which those principles haven't changed. The context has changed, yeah. but the principles haven't changed. We are called to serve God and to serve him alone. Mm -hmm. And this education is important because this education comes in the form of worship, it comes yeah. in the form of, of a musician, right? Uh, and this music should be sung not only in the sanctuary, right? This music should be sung in our homes, should be sung in our schools, should be mm -hmm. sung in our churches, this education in worship. Yeah, I love it. And this kind of segues also nicely into Tuesday's lesson, uh, which is really... Uh, it's called In Spirit and in Truth. And we're talking about worship and education. Oh, yes. And, you know, all of the intellectual knowledge, all of the other different kinds of forms of education that we think of. And we're obviously talking about, you know, this encompassing the whole person, every aspect of our life. Uh, but education at its, at, at its finest from a biblical perspective is centered upon the, the person of Jesus, uh, the master teacher. We've had several uh, lessons where we've looked at Jesus as that master teacher and one of those um, teachable moments yes, <laughs> yes, yes. where Jesus is uh, uh, looking around his life and walking around and journeying here on this earth and he comes to a well and there's a Samaritan woman and, and right away that should kind of 
arrest our attention, you know, um, because Jews and Samaritans weren't supposed to associate, yeah. let alone a Jewish male and a female Samaritan. And um, Jesus asked for a drink of water and his disciples were gone. And then she says, you're a Jew. And she obviously knows this. Um, and of course, the text explains that. Um, and Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Mm. And so he's, he's taking just an ordinary moment and making it extraordinary, uh, creating an opportunity for her to yearn, to want to, to harnessing in her own life the need for something else that she doesn't even know perhaps that she, she even has. And yet Jesus awakens in that a love and awareness of, of who he is through this uh, transformational encounter. And of course, at the end, Amen. we know she goes out and, and tells others and, and, and so on. Um, and, and that's what, you know, really Jesus is all about is taking just ordinary moments and making them extraordinary moments uh, that are transformational uh, that lead to a fuller understanding of the kingdom of God. Amen. You know, uh, as, as you're saying that, that transformation, it takes place because we're with the master educator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yet, and, and the way to find that is to actually find yourself in his presence, to actually find yourself engaged in the word. Well, in order to really appreciate who Jesus is, I know Wednesday is the beauty of holiness. How does that connect? Yeah. You know, the beauty of holiness is talking about uh, the children of Israel once again, but but here, the Ark of the Covenant uh, is placed in a tent. Mm -hmm. And here in this, uh, uh, in this uh, festive scene, this is an act of worship. It uh, says here in verse 1, So they brought the Ark of God and set in the midst of the tabernacle of David uh, that David had erected. And then they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he goes through, and, and this is a, a beautiful thing. And then verse 8, starting verse 8, he has this beautiful song of thanks where he is worshiping God. He's just telling about all the great things that God has done. And uh, there, verse 29, is where uh, we see our, our, our memory text comes from. Give to the Lord the glory due to, his, due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Mm -hmm. And uh, it asks this question here. It says, do you imagine it was solemn, fearful, or festive and joyous? In what ways might it be a combination of, of all the above? And what can we learn from the scene about worship and how we should teach or even experience worship? Hmm. Man, there's, there is reverence there. There's joy there. There's, mm -hmm. there's celebration. Mm -hmm. When you think about the master of the universe coming, and we have the opportunity to worship him. Yeah. How dare we not take advantage of that and also be in awe of that? Who am I that he is mindful of me? <laughs> Yeah, it just kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? It it really does, but it just it just continues to remind us mm -hmm. that in our worship experience, don't let worship get dull. Don't yeah. don't it, don't let your marriage get dull, right? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, if you're not yeah. gonna let your marriage get dull, how dare you allow your relationship with God to get dull? He is the least dull uh, entity in the entire universe. So if your relationship with God is getting dull, it's because you are. Wow. Because as soon as you find yourself in the presence of God, you will be sharpened, you will be quickened, you will be you will be having a worshipful experience. So if I'm hearing you right, Buster, that worship um, is really about connecting with God, and if it's not really accomplishing that, then there's something wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely wrong. <laughs> so you know, I was just reading this last week uh, the Barna study, David Kinnaman, uh, who's kind of ah, the, the yes. president. I don't know if you saw that, but. 
you know, a lot of millennials right now with COVID oh, and yeah, everything, yeah. people are having to stay at home more, more yeah. online worship services. And the research is showing that a lot of millennials and Gen Z are just checked out and yeah. like, I don't want it. Yeah. And we, we, we see that that's not only happening in worship setting and church mm-hmm. setting, it's happening in education. Wow. You know, uh, yeah. you and I, we've talked about it, we which have. is the habits of COVID, of mm-hmm. quarantine. Mm-hmm. I, I talked with some students who said, yeah, we're particularly A students in this, stu- this semester. We have C's, right? Yeah. Because they checked out. But I'm like, it's not that you've checked out. It's what are you checked into? Ooh. And they're checked into social media. They're checked yeah. into Netflix. They're uh-huh. checked into to things that are self-absorbed, right? Yeah. And they're not serving others, which yeah. is what God has called us to do. They're not intentionally growing. They're not intentionally learning. And they're definitely not finding themselves in the presence of God. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that's the issue there. Yeah, and I, I love when I was reading a little bit more of the research study, basically the idea that um, what a lot of young people, they don't want some even polished kind yeah. of, super polished kind of they thing. They want vulnerability. Um, but they, yeah, they want vulnerability. They want something real. They want to have connectedness. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of ways to you know kind of do that. But I think it's going to require the kingdom of God. It's not just yeah. going through a trite sort of worship service, whatever, and then everyone else just kind of falls along. They, they want something that, like you said, it's authentic, it's genuine, and it's transformational, it's real. You, you know, uh, there's something that was transformationally said. Uh-huh. Uh, your, your friend, Pastor Todd, in, yeah. uh, they're in uh, New York, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, he's doing something beautiful. Ah. He says, uh, a lot of pastors are excited about the opportunity to go global. Yeah. And they're excited about the the 3,000 people online that are watching their services, mm-hmm. he says, I could care less about that. God mm-hmm. has called me to this community to mm-hmm. minister to this community. So he's like, everything we do is catered to our congregation. Yeah. If people from the outside want to come in and watch, fine. He says, but we're not catering to them. We're catering to our people to make sure we're still connected. So yeah. on Zoom, they have these breakout groups and they're still I connecting with millennials. I love and it. as a result of that, their church is still connected. So I challenge mm-hmm. you, if you're a pastor, if you're a member of a church, the, the temptation to go all all mm-hmm. online and everything else mm-hmm. i understand that right they're still they're still online mm-hmm. but you can still connect with each other yeah. and that's yeah. so important uh, yeah I, I think that's the bottom line is it's not just throwing your worship service online that's going to make you avant-garde or connecting or whatever no matter how many views you have is it really transformational yeah and uh yeah and i just keep coming back to what you're saying i you know that authenticity and and it's amazing to me a lot of i, I you know even churches we have a worship and music class a lot of worship wars these kinds of things where people have different ways of of worshiping and stuff um there's different styles there's a lot of different things but at the end of the day is worship about you mm. or is it about god Ooh, ooh, ooh. Prayerfully, we're making it about God, right? But oh, that's, a, good, that's a great question. Hopefully, by so, by God's grace. So that's actually gonna that's a perfect segue into Thursday's lesson: idolatry and oh, education. Mercy, <laughs> and you know, again, this is all about uh, what is the ultimate purpose? Is it to lift one oneself up, one's intellect, one's own uh, vanity, so to mm. speak? You know, uh, all of those kinds of things. Or is it about Jesus? Mark chapter seven, and uh, is we have this. Um, uh, discussion between Jesus and the Pharisees and uh, Jesus actually um, quotes Isaiah and says they worship me in vain their teachings are merely human rules uh, and he goes on you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions mm-hmm. and he continued you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions uh, 
and again, this kind of is, is the teleology, the ultimate purpose. Where are we headed with all of this? What is the purpose of, of education in this, this quarterly? Um, there's, there's a lot of conceit in education. Ooh. You, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, true. it's really, no, it's, it's very true. You know, are we caught up in our titles and how much we know? And, and oftentimes there's, there's a, there's a part of that where, uh, people are there to try and impress, um, other people. Um, but what I love about what I would call true education in the sense that, I feel that true education is modeled after the master teacher, Jesus Christ himself. Drop the knowledge, Michael. Let's go. Education is really something completely radically different. It's about humility. It's not Ooh. how much we know. It's how little we know. Ooh. And rather than it, it, it being um, uh, knowledge that puffs up and puts us above others, we subject ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah. we realize that all yeah. knowledge only comes from Jesus. And it should ideally lead to um, a moment of profound humility where we say, you know, Lord, uh, make me teachable. You know, uh, I, I had a, a mentor who, oh, who just shared this with me. He's like, he's like, Buster, never look at your pulpit as mm -hmm. your pulpit. Wow. He said it belongs to God. Yeah. He's like, never look at the sheep as your sheep, my sheep. He's like, mm -hmm. you are, you're the under shepherd. He's like, yeah. God is the shepherd. Yeah. And I've tried to carry that in the classroom because you're right, mm -hmm. Michael. Like mm -hmm. sometimes when you have a ton of people listening to you that you, you want to put yourself on this pedestal, but take yourself right off of it and put God yeah. where he belongs. It's not, it's not my classroom. It's God's classroom. These are yeah, not absolutely. my students. God, these are yours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a steward. Yeah. And so uh, you're, you're exactly right. And that is true education, which is we have nothing. We own nothing. I can do nothing without you. If Jesus yeah. himself was saying that, who am I to say, I got this? Yeah. No, God, yeah. you have this. And, and just to push a little slightly different direction, I think all too often there's there's too many people that they want to mold other people after their own minds. Ooh, and, and so education is, you know, oh, let's let's make everybody a, a swoopite or a Campbellite. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble here, uh, but... <laughs> I, I once interviewed at a church and I I got the position. Yeah. And uh, someone just volunteered this information with me. He's like, he's like, you want to know why we didn't choose the other guy? We we liked him at first, but then he said this one line. It's like, what did he say? He said, he said he, his plan was, I'm going to make you all my disciples. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I said, oh, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you know, yeah. <laughs> you said it. I'm just quoting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're disciples of Christ. Yeah. He didn't say, go out and make disciples after yourself. Go and make disciples for Jesus, for Jesus yeah. not for us. And the greatest compliment, I think, in the classroom, and we're just thinking because we're in this yes. every day, right, yes, Buster, yes, you yes. know, and is if we can lead them and point them somehow to Jesus. Amen. And if, if they see Jesus even just a little bit somehow, um, then, then our work is somehow... Uh, uh, I feel like that. Hey, um, it's it's all worth it. You know what I mean? And um, and you're right. It's a steward. We're we're in that classroom, and I, I have to keep reminding myself this is sacred time. Yeah. Uh, I have the privilege and opportunity to work with and learn from my students too. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not just That's there so, to so ha be the one with, is the the guru with all the knowledge. <laughs> you know, but but I love it when we have a good class discussion, and then my students help me to see something in a new way that I've never thought of before. Michael, I don't know if you, you know, why you're not calling yourself a guru. I've, I've walked by your classroom before. You've been standing on the desk, jumping up and down on it. <laughs> oh, don't tell stories now. 
<laughs> Sometimes they get a little carried away. <laughs> <laughs> it was very exciting. I think he was telling a new point about Ellen White that it found. So oh, you know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the truth of the matter is, education is also fun. Yeah, it should be fun and contagious. I think it when, is. It is when you love to learn, then hopefully, and you love to learn about Jesus. Yes. Right. Yes, you yes. know, and Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And I can think of the teachers that have impressed in my mind through time. Um, are people that, you know, when they would pray, I, you know, I thought, wow, Jesus is really their friend that they're talking to, that they really yeah. personally know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Or actually, I can also think of a teacher who kicked a student out of class Ooh. for being basically what I thought was being kind of a jerk. I thought they were rude and it was in good right that the teacher kicked the student yeah. out of class. Yeah, yeah. They're being disruptive. Tough love, right? But yeah, I thought, man, good for him. Got rid of him. Yeah. And then the next class, I was so amazed uh, when both of them with tears in their eyes apologized to the rest of the class. And, and I thought, man, the teacher doesn't have to apologize. Humility, but right? He went to that student to their home and prayed with them and had a reconciliation. Oh, wow. And I, I, to this day, that's still one of the most profound educational moments where I just think, wow, here's somebody that's not just teaching knowledge, but is seeking to live out a genuine Christian experience in the way that he relates to his students. Amen. You know, isn't that the lesson? Don't mm -hmm. give up on mm -hmm. education either. Everyone is, you know, there's times in my life where I haven't been teachable, and there's yeah. people in my life that didn't give up on me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, thankful for those those people in my life as well, Buster. Amen. So, Amen. well, I think with that, that's a good way to put a wrap for this week. Yes. So this is uh, Soup and Swoops signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.